It's been 15 NBA games. It's the week of Thanksgiving, and the Detroit Pistons have finally given an update on their injuries to Boyan Bogdanovich, Jalen Duran, and Monte Morris. We'll talk about what those updates are in today's episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Lockdown Pistons Podcast. Per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter, at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel, at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button, or leave us a five-star review. Whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on, that's another great way to support the podcast. Um, I, for those of you guys who don't follow me on Twitter, um, this is now my second time recording this podcast. The first time I recorded this podcast, I got to minute 29, was about to wrap up, and my recording software failed, and I lost all of it. So, um, yeah, you guys see how much I, I appreciate all of you guys, how much I love all you guys. I'm going right back at it, and I'm going to re-say everything I just said for 30 minutes I'm going to say it with just much, just as much energy. I'm, I'm going to give you guys a good episode nonetheless. Um, that's how much I appreciate y'all. So let's get into it. We have a lot of things to talk about in today's episode. I'm really excited for the second segment where I talk about the Detroit Pistons second or this past offseason. I think that's going to be a really interesting conversation. Um, but there's no way we could go anywhere else or start anywhere else but the updates to the Pistons injuries. It's been a little bit over four weeks. And we've got the return to Isaiah Livers, of Isaiah Livers, I should say, this past game. And now we are getting an update on the other injury. So Jalen Duran is expected to return to practice this week per the Detroit Pistons. With Jalen Duran, my quick thoughts are, I want him coming back 110%. Um, if he's not at 110%, don't play him until he is. He tried to play through that ankle injury earlier in the season. The first three games he was healthy, he looked great. Tried playing through the ankle injury, didn't look very good. Um, heard it, missed the game, then came back after one game, re-aggravated it again, and now he's been out since. So with that ankle injury, make sure he's 110% before you bring him back. And if that means he's holding out, you know, a little bit longer and the Pistons lose a few more games, look, the Pistons are already on a 12-game losing streak. It's about to be a 13-game losing streak. They're already arguably the worst team in the NBA. Uh, all, there's nothing, you know, his health and making sure he's 100% by the time he's on the floor is more important than trying to steal a win in the next month like that, like that, that's more important. So just make sure he's 110%. Hopefully this means he's inching towards that. And when we do see him, we don't see him, you know, n- not being able to give his full effort and being able to play how he wants to play. So that's the hope there. And it's good to hear that he's getting back to practice. More good news. You got to hear that Boyan Bogdanovich has begun a return to play progression and is cleared for full basketball contact. He will continue these progressions and begin practicing with the team in the upcoming days. So I would say Boyan Bogdanovich is probably going to be back in the lineup within the next two weeks, um, probably sooner, but to hedge my bets, I'd say probably within the next two weeks, let him get his conditioning back. Um, let him practice a few days, uh, see where he's feeling, how he's feeling, where he's at. Um, Boyan is going to help the offense. I'm really interested to see um, what they decide to do with the starting lineup. Does Boyan go to the bench? Does he come off the bench? Does 
uh, Isaiah Stewart go to the bench for Boyan? Does Asar go to the bench for Boyan? Um, I'm really interested to see how that rotation works out, especially the starting lineup. And yeah, Boyan's going to help the offense for sure. Obviously, he he's he's very much so going to help the spacing concern. That that's the biggest thing. He's going to help the spacing. Um, I'm also interested to see how good is Boyan this year, because last year was a career year for him. But he's dealing. He's been dealing with this calf injury since February of last year, or of this year, but of last season. And he's 34 years old now. Is it reasonable to expect him to play how he played last year, which was probably his best, not probably, it was his best year in the NBA? I don't know. I'm not going to say it can't happen. I'm not going to be super pessimistic. It's just something I'm watching for. Uh, I, I don't think it's a guarantee, so I'm interested to see how he looks coming back at 34 after dealing with this calf injury he's dealt with for a, a pretty long time. Um, so, But I, I'm happy to see him coming back and, Pistons and definitely Kate Cunningham is going to love his return when he hits the floor. Um, but now we got more bad news. And I kid you not, I feel like every single day the last four podcasts, I've said, I don't know how it gets worse. And then the next podcast, I'm like, well, it got worse. I don't know how it could get worse than this. And the next podcast, well, it got worse again. I don't know how it could get worse than this. It, 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 they just keep one up in themselves. Um, and this one's out of their control, but you get what I'm saying. It just more bad news keeps piling on, piling on, piling on. Monte Morse. Uh, had a PFP injection, and he's going to be out six to eight more weeks, which takes him right up to around February. I'm going to go ahead and say this now. You guys will get more of my thoughts about this in the second segment when we talk about the Pistons' offseason this past year. But I now think it's pretty strongly on the board that you're just not going to see Monte Moore suit up in a Pistons uniform. I think it's incredibly likely. He's not played so far, and if this injury does take him up to February, around February is the trade deadline. And after the trade deadline, teams like the Pistons, who are at the bottom of the league, start resting their veterans. They start resting their, their older guys. You start to see younger players play a lot more. You start to see them test certain things. You start to see them you know, pick up you know, two-way guys, waiver guys, and young guys like that, and give them a chance to play so they, you know, they get a higher pick. Like That's the kind of thing that's going to happen. It happens every year with teams like the Pistons, especially a team like the Pistons who are arguably the worst team in the NBA right now. Like That's going to happen around February. So if he comes back around the trade deadline and the Pistons are towards the bottom of the NBA, what's the point of even playing them? I think at that point he's probably going to be traded by the time he's come back, he comes back healthy. So I, there is a very good chance that we don't even get to see Monte Morris in the Pistons uniform. And like I just said, we're, I'm going to hit more on that in the second segment. Just stay tuned. I, I can't wait for that. Um, the last thing I want to say with this, obviously it's terrible news to hear that about Monte. I feel bad for him because I know he wanted to play for his hometown team. He was extremely excited about playing for his hometown team. He's from Michigan. Uh, and it looks like that there is a real chance that that just may not happen. The last thing I want to say about Monte and his injury is this. He tweeted out cap, the cap emoji, when this injury report came out. For those of you guys who don't know what cap means, um, I'm going to assume that's my older listeners. Um, it basically means lying. So if someone's capping, if I say you're capping, it means you're lying. If, it me- if I say no cap, that means I'm not lying. Like So he tweeted out the cap emoji. So he basically was calling the injury report a lie or something to do with the injury report a lie. And I'll say this, it could be about anything. He could have been saying cap about anything. But the fact that he tweeted that out immediately after the injury report was released... And then he immediately deleted it 
I think we can reasonably connect the dots and say it was about the injury report. And I want to give my thoughts on this real quickly. I think that's incredibly irresponsible of Monte Morris to, to tweet out. I think that's wrong of him to tweet out. I'm not, I'm not, I, I, I was not happy he did that. I don't think it's cool. Because the Pistons fan base and the Pistons community already has these trust issues with the Pistons organization. They already have these issues with the training staff. They already have these issues with the coaching staff and with the front office being transparent. Not only transparent, but what their plans are, what they're actually trying to do, what, what do they want to accomplish this year. Like, they already feel, for good reason, I'd say for most part, um, that transparency is not something the Pistons have been great at. And especially when it comes to injuries the last five, six years, regime to regime. Transparency with injuries, they feel like have not been all the way there. So they already have these trust issues with the medical team, with the front office, with the, with the, you know, with the organization. So when a player then comes out and basically says the injury report that you just heard, cap. When, when someone says that, all you're doing is fueling those conspiracy theories even more. You're pouring gasoline onto a fire. And I think that's incredibly irresponsible to do. Because unless Monte Morris did not actually get that PFP injection, unless Monte Morris is actually going to be suiting up for the Pistons next week or something, all of a sudden we're going to see him on the floor, that, that it's just irresponsible to do it. It just causes more issues with the Pistons community, causes more issues for the Pistons organization and their relationship with the fans and the fans' relationship with the organization that just didn't need to happen. It, I, I was not happy he did that. I don't think it was very smart of him, and I'm assuming the Pistons organization got out to him immediately to delete it because he deleted it very, very quickly. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think it was very responsible of him to do so. The only other option to go about this, if you guys don't want me to take this route, is to take the route that, oh, Monty Morris is onto something. What are they hiding? What are they lying about? And that route is a way worse route to go down, and it's that's some serious accusations, very serious accusations to be leveling at an NBA organization. So I don't think it was that. I think he was probably just frustrated. I think he wants to get back out sooner than the time frame. Um, he's been saying now for the last three weeks on Twitter that, hey, I'm coming back soon. I'm coming back soon. No, I can't wait. It's getting closer and closer. And now this happens. So I wouldn't say you can necessarily trust Monte Morris's word. I think he just wants to be on the floor and believes he can get back sooner than he is. I think that's all that was. Um, but he went about it in a very, very, I'd say, in irresponsible way. Um, glad he deleted it, but I'm going to assume the Pistons organization is the ones that really got to him. It was like, hey, take this down immediately. Um, but that's it. That's all I've got with that. When we come back, this past offseason for the Detroit Pistons was a failure. 15 games into the year, the week of Thanksgiving, not even two months into the year. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm willing to call it a failure already. You guys will see why when we come back, so just stay tuned for this. I, I can't wait. Um, but before we can get into any of that, I've got to tell you guys about one of our sponsors. This one is eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd. Josh is absolutely the best, one of the best podcasts out there, especially for you fantasy basketball guys out there, guys and girls out there. Go check out Josh's podcast. He's absolutely amazing. But they've teamed up with Josh to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you with players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Josh has picked out for us on this week's eBay Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. And Pistons fans are going to love who Josh has on their list, on his list for everybody this week. 
Jaden Ivy. His reasoning for it is Jaden Ivy has taken back his starting position. He's going to get more minutes. He's going to get more usage, and that makes him an incredibly valuable player for fantasy. And I have to assume, or I have to absolutely agree with him here. Jaden Ivy, last two games, has been a starter for the Detroit Pistons. It looks like he has reclaimed his starting spot and is not going to be losing it. He's going to be the starter for the rest of the season for the Pistons and, and moving forward. This past game against the Denver Nuggets, 7 of 8 from the floor for 17 points. Very efficient in just 29 minutes of action. He might start to see even more minutes than that. I wouldn't be shocked if he starts to get around 33, 34 minutes of gameplay. And with him playing next to Kay Cunningham, them playing off of each other, life's going to be made easier for each of them on the offensive end of the floor. So if you need somebody in fantasy that scores some points, that can score some or get some assists for you, I think Jane Ivey, especially for a waiver wire pickup, I think he's going to be a fantastic one because he's not going to be losing a starting lineup anytime soon, I don't believe. He's going to continue to get minutes, continue to get a lot of usage. Jane Ivey, great pick from Josh. Josh Lloyd from Lockdown Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy championship and eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. And it's the exact same thing with your vehicle. And you guys have heard me multiple times over the last few years during my time as a delivery driver talk about how car breaks down. And I have to deal with, you know, going and finding a, the right part and spending too much on the part and complaining about it. And, you know, it's just a big ordeal and such a tough process to go through. But with eBay Motors, you don't have to go through all that and you get good prices. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED lights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or you'll get your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eBay guarantee fit only applied to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply at ebaymotors.com. Thank you, Josh, for partnering with eBay Motors for the fancy picks of the week. Head over to ebaymotors.com to keep your ride or die alive. So I want to thank you guys again for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Locked On Pistons, hit that subscribe button, or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. This, I, I can't wait for that. I, I think you guys are going to enjoy this segment um, because even with me recording it a second time, I, this segment, I'm completely cool with just like, like I have no problem talking about this again. No problem at all because I feel very strongly about this. The reason why this came up as as a topic for me that I absolutely wanted to talk about today was the injury report. But then also a tweet I saw from Omari Sankofa, the Detroit Pistons beat writer for the Detroit Free Press. So I'm going to read this tweet out to you guys real quickly. He was tweeted by somebody basically asking him, you know, what's the difference between the Magic and the Pistons? You know, Magic are 8-5, and five, Pistons 2-3. and three. You know, what, what's the big difference here? And Omari correctly pointed out, Orlando has the NBA second-best defense behind Minnesota. Offensively, the Magic are about the same as the Pistons. The difference is that teams are scoring 8.7 fewer points per 100 possessions against Orlando compared to the Pistons. So basically, the Orlando Magic are much, 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 much better defensively than the Detroit Pistons. Orlando is one of the best defensive teams, arguably the best defensive team in the NBA right now. What team did we hear preaching defense all season? All offseason, that is. What team do we hear preaching defense all preseason, all regular season? That would be the Detroit Pistons. 
You wonder what the Pistons did not do this past offseason? That the these other young teams that preached defense and said they wanted to be a good a better defensive team. You wonder what they did that the Pistons did not do? Go out and get defenders to be a good defense. See, those teams spoke about wanting to be a good defensive team. They spoke about it, but they didn't just speak about it. They went and did it. They went out and they and they built a roster that has a chance to be good defensively. The Orlando Magic. They have good, big, strong wings. Something the Pistons don't have. The Pistons haven't had wing depth, I feel like, in 25,000 years. Like, I can't remember the last time the Pistons had good wing depth. It's been a problem for them for years. The Orlando Magic, Paolo Bencaro, Franz Wagner. They got Jonathan Isaac, who was an insane defender. They got Wendell Carter Jr., a good defender. They got Gary Harris, Anthony Black they drafted, Markel Fultz, Jalen Suggs. All throughout their roster, they got good defenders at each position you look at. Each guy who plays minutes is a good defender. They have guys all over the place. The Houston Rockets preach defense. What did they do? They went out and got a defensive head coach in Yume Udoka. They signed Dylan Brooks, and they signed Fred Van Vliet. And now the, Orlando, or now the Houston Rockets look like a fine team, look like a fine defense. What did the Detroit Pistons do? Neither. Pistons didn't do either of those things. And despite trying to talk about, talk to talk, their actions didn't match their talk. These other teams, their actions have met their talk. The Detroit Pistons, not the case. Just not the case. The Houston Rockets, by the way, sixth defensively. The Orlando Magic, first defensively right now, according to defensive rating. The Detroit Pistons, 22nd. 22nd. So that's the first reason why I'm calling the Detroit Pistons past offseason already after 15 games a failure. Because you 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 relayed a message that you either one weren't really about or two didn't know how to attack it. Either way, both of them are bad. You talked this talk about defense and didn't go out to do things to make yourself a better defense. Boyan Bogdanovich isn't helping this defense. Joe Harris wasn't helping this defense. Monte Morris wasn't helping this defense. You acquired no defenders. You, your best acquisition was a rookie, a 19-year-old rookie. And he's been your best defender. And even though he's a fine defender, that's not good. Relying on a rookie to be your best defender, your only defender, is a recipe for disaster. That's not, that, that's, that, that is, not only is it incredibly risky to do, it's also just faulty. So that's the first reason why the Detroit Pistons Offseason is a failure already to me. That's first. Secondly, the Pistons had, next to the Houston Rockets, the most cap space in the NBA this past offseason. They were not aggressive at all. They didn't get nobody. They got nothing. All they did was kick the can down the road. And the guys they kicked the can down the road with that we were told was going to still impact the team. What we didn't understand was they were kicking the can down the road while also getting vets that would help them win more games this year and help them be this better defensive team this year. So they actually, you know, killed two birds with one stone. You know, that's what that's what we basically were told. But Joe Harris is going to be out the rotation. He's not going to play anything more than spot minutes for the team. And the minutes he has played so far this year, he looks exactly like I told you guys he was going to look based on everything I heard from Brooklyn Nets people who watched them and how is how they said he looked heading into this uh heading into the season this year. So he hasn't looked very good. 
He's not going to play anything more than spot minutes. If he is playing more than spot minutes, something went wrong with someone ahead of him. And then Monte Morris, the guy who was supposed to be the savior at the guard position, this assist to turnover ratio king, is not is a strong possibility he may not even play a singular game for the Detroit Pistons. So your two acquisitions in the offseason that everyone was sold on being impact players while also kicking the can down the road won't be a part of the Pistons rotation, at least for the first half of the year. For At the very least that, I think it's probably likely at no point. I think it's incredibly likely Monte Morris won't be on this team past February. It just doesn't make sense to me. It, it doesn't make sense that he'll be on this team past February. And if he does at that point, it won't matter. It won't matter. So I, I think he's probably going to be traded. But either way, your acquisitions this offseason are basically zil, nothing, not felt at all, zero effect, zero effect. So you basically did nothing this past offseason. Your, your, your offseason consisted of paying Monty Williams and getting Monty Williams and drafting Asar Thompson. That, that was your offseason. One of which was going to happen nonetheless in the draft. You were going to draft somebody. Okay, like you were going to draft someone and you had to hire a head coach at some point. Like you had fired, you, you had moved off from Dwayne Casey. So both those things were mandatory things that you had no choice but to do. Unless you just traded out the draft pick and then and you just gave it away. You had to do those two things. Anything else, trades, free agency signings to improve the team, you'd ba- you, at this point now, because of what's happened, you did nothing. You did nothing. So this past offseason is a failure. It was a failure. I don't like small sample sizes. You guys know this. But I can say confidently, after 15 games, even if the Pistons were to go on a 10-game winning streak immediately after I said this, that doesn't change the fact that Joe Harris won't be a part of it, and neither will Monte Morris, who are your two acquisitions in the offseason. Your only two acquisitions in the offseason. That won't change that this past offseason was a failure. It won't. It won't change that. So... is what it is. Uh, this past offseason, com- based off the talk that was given, compared to the talk by other teams and how they matched their words with action, the Pistons did the exact opposite. And now the two guys that we were sold on that were going to be impact players and help them do so are, are basically not felt at all. Aren't going to be felt at all this season. Failure of an offseason. Failure of an offseason. Already, 15 games of the year. Week of Thanksgiving. Hate to hear it. Hate to see it. Let me know what you guys think. You guys agree with me? You guys disagree with me? Let me know in the comment section down below or over on Twitter. At Kukio. When we come back, enough with the excuses. Stop. Stop. Just please stop with the excuses, man. I'll, I'll, I'll dive a little further into this when we come back. But first, I've got to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel or the NBA season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. And a few years ago, when betting was finally made legal in Michigan, Obviously, I wasn't experienced at all. So I was looking at all my options, trying to figure out what's the best option for me to me for me to get into it. Came across FanDuel, and when I tell you, it is by far the easiest app to use. 
the easiest one out there, and it's incredibly fun. I got on there. Everything was so self-explanatory. For someone as inexperienced as me, I understood everything very clearly. It was very, it was laid out very neatly. You know, it, it's very self-explanatory. And it's incredibly easy to use. I promise you. So if you haven't gotten into it, you're worried about getting into it, don't know what you're doing, FanDuel is your best place to go. And one of the things they also do at FanDuel, along with the spreads, player pops and over-unders, you also get futures. So, like for before the NFL season, they had the futures bet with Lions winning the division and the Lions winning 10-plus games. Looks like both of those things are going to happen. You can still do it with the NFL, the NBA, or any other sport. You can bet the futures, spreads, player pops, over-unders. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. Start up with the NBA season. That's what FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. So I want to thank you guys again for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Locked On Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. We shout out Omari Sankofa on the podcast earlier. We're going to shout him out again. Because he did something that I'm shocked. I was shocked that one of the beat writers for the team did. I, I was shocked. Let me go ahead and just read what he tweeted out. He was talking about the Pisses net rating. And he tweeted out, Revisiting the Pisses net rating, the Pisses have slipped a bit since their 29-point loss in Toronto. 22nd in defensive rating, 26th in offensive rating, and net rating. The Hornets at 4-9 have the most wins of all the teams between 25 and 30. Pistons and Wizards are tied for the least with just two wins. He goes on to say, Have the Pistons left a couple wins on the table? Probably. But I think they'll need more than just Bogey, Duran, and Monte coming back to really turn things around. Regardless of if the Pistons are the worst team, they're clearly in that bottom tier. Thank you, Omari, for telling the truth and not making excuses for this team. Thank you. I was shocked that I saw that. Because it's so... Excuses are dead with this team. Stop making excuses for this team. By the way, he mentioned that Bogey, Duran, and Monte coming back. Monte's not coming back. So really, it's just Bogey and Doyon. Uh, Doyon. <laughs> Bogey and Duran coming back. They are not transforming this team into something else. If they do, happy to see it. Okay? You know what else I'd like to see? Bigfoot. You know, I also, I'd like to see me grow wings and start to fly. So, I'm happy Omari said this. And the reason why I'm saying enough with the excuses. Another guy I want to shout out. Incredible work for the Detroit Pistons. James Edwards III is the beat writer for The Athletic. Incredible, incredible uh, work he does with The Athletic. Gives Pistons fans, gives Pistons fans a ton of insight. Um, as much insight as he can give for fans through his articles. Um, does, and covers the team incredibly well. He wrote an article that I encourage everybody to go read. Gives some insight into what the front office is thinking. Gives some insight into what the ownership is thinking at this moment. Um, definitely, everyone go read it. But there are some things he said in this po- in, in this epi- uh, in that episode in this article that I just really disagree with. The idea that the only reason why, like, one of the, re- the, the, really the only reason why the Pistons are like this is because of injuries. And really, I just feel like it's excuse-making going on. 
this team is not good. This team is not going to be good. This team is not going to be good defensively. They may get better offensively once guys get some healthy. You know, they may get better offensively. But this team is not good. This front office has sat on their hands. They have not done anything. And I'm not sitting here saying, we've talked about in the pockets the last few days, I'm not sitting here saying fire everybody, sound the alarms. But pressure definitely should be on them. Expecting fans to sit here and take this stance of, well, you know, it is what it is. It's just injuries. You got to wait for everyone to come back to be healthy until you can really evaluate the team. So should Pistons fans wait six to eight weeks now until Monte Morris comes back? How long are we going to keep doing the waiting? When exactly are you going to be allowed to evaluate this front office? When exactly are the Pistons fans going to be avail- or allowed to evaluate whether Troy Weaver can build an NBA team? Because based off what he said, this was the year they were playing on being competitive, and they've lost 13 straight games. Yes, I'm counting this next upcoming game as a loss. It's going to be one. They've lost 13 straight games. They look like the worst team in the NBA again. Two of the acquisitions that you got, like we just mentioned about, probably aren't going to play a lot at all this season for the Detroit Pistons. Are they supposed to wait until eight weeks from now when Monte comes back when they're three and 30? Is that like when they're three and 40 or something? Like, is that when they're going to be allowed to start saying, you know, okay, now we can evaluate the team? Like, whether people like it or not, Injuries are a part of the game. Injuries are part of it. Especially for a 34-year-old Boyan Bogdanovich who had the same injury this past season, who you knew was dealing with this injury. You didn't prepare for it. You haven't prepared for the injury to one of your big men because without Jalen Duran, you don't have any big man now who can rebound or play defense. You did, your backup bigs, you went with offense only despite what you were talking all offseason about defense and rebounding and physicality, you went the complete opposite around that. So when Jalen Duran went down, you weren't, you weren't prepared for that. The roster wasn't made prepared for that injury. The roster doesn't have depth on the wings. Like, all, what this roster has is, excuse my language, a shit ton of guards. That's what this roster has. So if Ivy goes out, yeah, they'll be straight. Like, I mean, let me not say straight, but yeah, they can have something to make up for it. Heck, three people could probably get hurt guard and they'd be ready for it. But any other position, they're not prepared for it. They're not prepared for it. And throughout NBA seasons, injuries happen. You need to be prepared for them. And the, not only would the Pistons not prepare for them, even if these guys aren't hurt, this team was not very good. The Denver Nuggets, I told you guys this in the last episode. The Denver Nuggets, the Portland Trailblazers, the Phoenix Suns, the Milwaukee Bucks, like multiple other teams, wrapped up an early Christmas present for the Detroit Pistons, brought it to Little Caesars Arena, and said, here you go, take it, happy early Christmas. And the Pistons looked at them and said, we don't like presents, we like coal. And lost the game anyways, without Giannis. This past game against the Denver Nuggets, Nikola Jokic pieced out in the first half. Michael Malone pieced out in the first half. They didn't even want to play this game. They were already without Jamal Murray. Their only shot creator on the floor was Reggie Jackson at 33 years old. And he sent the Detroit Pistons home in the fourth quarter. Him and Kentavious Caldwell-Pope sent the Pistons home in the fourth quarter. I don't care about what injuries. With this roster you have, you can't lose those type of games. These multiple games we've seen the Pistons lose, I don't care if Boyan's hurt. 
These guys that you assembled, this running the running it back, this young core is supposed to be taking this next step. This young core is supposed to be really good. They're not. They haven't been able to win any of these games, despite the Christmas presents being sent to them. Stop with the excuses. This past offseason was a failure, despite what happens for the rest of the season. The offseason was not good. The team is not good. If, if Boyan comes back and Darren comes back and they start to play a little better, great. Love to see it. If all of a sudden they go on a 10-game win streak, absolutely would love to see it. But there's, that, that is for the future. Up to this point, there is no excuses for how this team has looked and what's happened so far. No excuses for it. Absolutely no excuses. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not hearing it. Not hearing the excuses. I'm not dealing with it. I, I, you guys won't get them from me. So that's all I've got for you guys today, man. Let me know what you guys think about it. Comment section down below. Hit that subscribe button to the YouTube channel. Even us a five-star review, whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. Till next time, I'll see you guys later, man. Stay safe out there. Go Pistons. Till next time, peace out.